0: Welcome to part two of this conversation with Alex Stevenson from Ninja Teacher. If you haven't listened to the first part, I suggest you go listen to that first because the second part will just make a lot more sense. So we are continuing our conversation about personality tests and interpreting them. I play a bit of devil's advocate and point out the pitfalls in these tests, and Alex really gives some thoughtful and insightful responses that gave me new perspective on it. We also talk about the common threads that we all found by doing all the tests just to see if we'd find consistencies. We share all the links for the tests in the show notes, so feel free to share your results with us by commenting on our Instagram and Facebook posts about the episode. We'd love to hear what results you got. So without further ado, here is the rest of our conversation. Digging more into what exactly are the kinds of tools or strategies or tests that you've used um, to understand the personalities of yourself and your team.
1: Yeah, so my favorites are the Myers-Briggs and the Big Five personality tests and I think a couple others, but those are the, the big ones for me that mm-hmm. I've used and I like to use with myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and how often is this something that you do? Often like retaking the test or just once? <laughs>
1: Yeah, like Lam was saying, I think, before the show, uh, some tests you should only take once, because um, one thing people don't really understand about personality in the way we're talking about it is the everyday usage of personality is like, oh, he has a cool personality. It's like how someone comes across. It's Mm -hmm. like when we're talking right now, I'm like, oh, Dana's cool to talk to, she's like fun and bubbly, she has a cool personality. But in psychology, it's actually, traits theory. Trait theory is a part of personality psychology. So we're talking about different traits that you have which can be measured and they aren't necessarily something that comes out in a conversation. So you can't necessarily tell it just from the way someone is acting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was your question again? I felt like I was getting to the answer.
2: How, how often? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes.
1: So, so <laughs> right. So I don't necessarily take uh, like the big five and the Myers Briggs. Once you've got them, you've got them. Yeah. Unless you start to feel like it wasn't accurate. Mm-hmm. And the reason I brought up the trade theory is, um, you know, a lot of people like to think that they. Change and it is the whole nature versus nurture debate, and we do change as people, but also our traits. Uh, A lot of psychologists believe that these are really a part of who we are, that we're formed from our our DNA, our genetics, plus our early childhood experiences. Mm. And while it may change slightly over time, these are things that are measurable and will stay consistent throughout your life. So if you think of it like that, yeah, you do it once, then you've got those results. So I go back to them a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily retake the test because I, I know what the results are.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So you just kind of review what the results were and yeah. kind of remind yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, people think, yeah, that we can change. I think people also, there's this idea of like, oh, well, I was, I was biased In taking this assessment, like I was thinking about who I want to be rather than who I am. Do you have any kind of understanding about what maybe psychology says about that in terms of how maybe we tend to skew a certain way of how we want to be? And is there any way to, you know, avoid that while you're taking the test?
1: Yeah, I think it's just about being honest to who you are when you're taking the test and just yeah it's not who you want to be it's just the things that are correct about yourself and sometimes that's hard i know when i first started taking these i was like well it could be this way or could be that Mm -hmm. way but if you really think about it you have those you know those things about yourself you know is it there's a question on a test say do you feel like you are driven to be successful? Just ask yourself, okay, am I someone that's kind of easygoing that just likes to have a good time in life and make the most of it, you know, still work hard and get a good job, make money, but does that success really drive me? Mm-hmm. Or am I a chill, like laid back person? Is, is that me? Which one is it? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're honest with yourself and you really look objectively, then you can get a result that's accurate to who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe slightly skewed, and I have retaken them quite a few times, and <laughs> and the more, I think if you learn about it too, you can see like, oh, on that fact, I might have answered it a little bit differently, but I don't find that it usually changes that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and like I mentioned before a little bit, I have taken, there was one day where I decided to just take every test and Mm. read like everything I could find about not just personality but also numerology and like horoscope and just all the things that are supposed to tell you about who you are and what your life's purpose is and when I took all of them I was able to find all of these common threads so it's a really interesting exercise to be able to step back and be like, okay, it, it wasn't just that one test that said this thing, it was all of them, so there must be some truth in that, even if you felt like, oh, maybe I didn't answer this accurately.
1: Yeah, when you see those Patsons, it's really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so can you tell us about um, some of your results of tests that you've taken?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'll do a quick breakdown, I guess, of maybe the Big Five and Myers-Briggs so that people can understand it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the Big Five is the most statistically accurate tests in the world on personality traits because the way it was developed was not like a lot of other theories, which created the theory and then made up questions to get the results. This one worked the other way around. It's, it took data and worked towards it, pulling out data points that showed that there are these big five traits that everybody falls somewhere on the spectrum of. So it's not something you can say, I don't believe in this because they're just traits that you are either are high on or low on. Mm-hmm. So there's five of them, It's you can remember it by ocean, o is for openness to experience c is for conscientiousness which a lot of people know as grit e is for extroversion what's the next a A is for agreeableness and n is for neuroticism Mm -hmm. so i'll go through them and tell you my results too so uh, on openness to experience that's a measure of your kind of creativity your big picture thinking it's how you know if if you're very high on this uh you're less likely to be i guess conservative you're often an artist or an entrepreneur versus if you're low on this you usually have something that's more grounded in reality maybe you're uh, someone who likes to um, i don't know what a good example would be but maybe like a career that you can really get into that's Uh, tangible Mm -hmm. so i'm quite high on that as -hmm. as you might imagine with entrepreneurship and creating stuff it's a complex trait so i probably describe it too simply and not 100% accurately Mm -hmm. but that's a an interesting one conscientiousness is uh, like i said grit and that's about how hardworking you are and determined and success driven so if you're low on that, you might be a little bit more easygoing, laid back. If you're high on it, you might want to get a lot of success. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite high on conscientiousness too. Mm. Then E is, so extroversion, introversion. I think this is one of the uh, most commonly misunderstood things in psychology. Uh, a lot of people think introversion is being shy, which is not. So you can be extroverted and shy or you can be introverted and not shy Mm. essentially extroversion is a measure of your positive emotions at least in the big five context and also your kind of threshold for how much social activity you want so it's not about like being weird and if you're you know low on it you're not weird and kind of awkward necessarily it's just that you Need to have more alone time if you're more introverted, and also that you are often in uh, reflecting. You know, you reflect on things in your mind, your thoughts and ideas, and maybe you're kind of a head in the clouds type person. So, yeah, that's it's kind of misunderstood. But I'm I'm very introverted, in the sense that you know this is this is another example of when I said personality you can't really tell because mm-hmm. a lot of people who meet me or have seen some of my videos for example think i'm very extroverted and i i can be very social and outgoing but i like to spend a lot of time alone and thinking about ideas and concepts and you know my using my imagination a lot so i'm very low on that extroversion threshold mm-hmm. but that allows me to be very you know spend that alone time to work on things that you know in my company for example i can strategically plan or be creative come up with uh, ideas and and big picture thinking right where someone who's very extroverted has to be with people talking all the time they can also be a, a leader but they're often the kind of social leader who's who's always out there going going, going like directing people you know, I prefer to come up with a plan maybe and then uh, tell my team like in a short meeting rather than be running around the whole day with people, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, And interestingly, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I prefer to do what I'm doing now to teaching. And I think that a lot of people can be good teachers even if they're introverted. Mm -hmm. A lot of people maybe are just on the spectrum. They're somewhere, you know, maybe just slightly off-center towards introversion. And then they can make really good teachers because they sit there and they make a good lesson plan at home by themselves. Then they come into class and are extroverted. But, uh, you know, then, then they can go home afterwards and recuperate and regenerate. And so I think it's perfectly fine to be introverted as a teacher. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And then A is agreeableness. This is one of the ones that I've spent more time thinking about recently because it's super interesting. Agreeableness is how nice you are, essentially friendly, uh, how much you like to please people or like to help people and are compassionate and caring and yeah th- th- those kind of things you know that's all on, if you're higher on agreeableness you're up there low on agreeableness you know it sounds like a bad thing what could be the the benefits of not being a person like that well sometimes agreeable people are kind of naive or they don't like to displease people they will not say what they think or they'll always try and keep the peace when sometimes you need to be firm and Say you know the right thing or stand up for yourself, something along the lines of that. So I'm actually very low on agreeableness, uh, which I, for a long time, I thought was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some ways, you know, it's strengths, strengths and weaknesses. But I don't necessarily have that high level of it. But that also allows me to be very focused on driving forward with things that uh, may upset people a little bit, may cause some confrontation, but I'm more comfortable with that than someone who's high on agreeableness would be. And then neuroticism, it's basically what it sounds like. It's it's a measure of negative emotions. So if you're high on it, you feel a little bit uh, more worried about things, you have more anxiety. Sometimes you have a big temper, although if you break it down further, volatility is one part of neuroticism, which is more anger and losing your temper. And then uh, I forget what the other part is, but that's more like the anxiety part. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm a little bit higher than average on neuroticism. It's just me, you know, I'm, I have a bit of anxiety about things. You know, the world can be a scary place, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit higher than usual on that, but that's also in the context of what we're talking about. Uh, it makes me think about all the, the negative repercussions of, of messing up and doing things wrong. You know, you, you pay more attention to not, you know, you worry a little bit more about things, which mm-hmm. is sometimes a good thing. You know, someone who's very low on neuroticism might not have a care in the world, mm-hmm. but then, you know, there's also consequences of that. Mm-hmm. So I just talked for a long time. No, there, was, hopefully no, that made sense.
0: Such a good breakdown. Yeah. As you were talking, what was kind of running through my mind, because so I took the, the big five after you sent it to me. I had never heard of it or taken it before. And like I was saying to you earlier, I was kind of. Unhappy with my results um, because I was extremely high on agreeableness and Mm. very high on politeness, Mm. and I just kind of was like, "God, I sound like such a doormat, like that everyone just can walk all over me." And I'm just like, "Okay, it's fine, like people pleaser type of thing," but I also, I don't know, I was frustrated with the the way that the Questions were presented because it would be like Do you want to do you want to fight people or something? Mm I'm like no who does like do people want to just get in fights all the time or like? I don't know just some of the the way things were worded um, I felt like it didn't and I'm sure this is you know part of the design of the test to force you to choose one or the other but there Mm -hmm. were so many times where I just felt like I mean I'm not out looking for a fight, but if someone disrespects me, I'm not just going to sit there and take it. I'm not just going to be like miss polite and agreeable type of thing. And I felt like I couldn't like put that into the test and, and answer that.
1: Right. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe a way to answer that would be that you are high on agreeableness, but you've learned to stand up for yourself yeah. and become uh, a little bit more of a disagreeable person, and that's something that you should be doing if you're very high or very low on something. You need to at least develop the skills to make up for that. So Mm -hmm. if you are someone, I mean, being agreeable is is really great, it means you're a caring, kind, compassionate person, Mm -hmm. but then you need to learn to be able to look out for yourself and say no and do things that you know that stand up for yourself
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and then something else I was thinking about is how we all come into this world as a clean slate like as babies you know we we live in this world and there are just certain experiences we may have or certain cultures that we live in that not only shape who we become but also our perspective of these results and Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, well, why did I automatically assume that being polite is is a bad thing? Like, being too polite is a bad thing. And it it just comes from living in this world where we can get into even gender. Like, they said right in the test that typically more women are higher on the agreeable scale and men are lower on the scale. And so when you're living in this sort of male-dominated world right now, Then automatically you assume, okay, I'm not how I should be because I see men being disagreeable and they are successful. So shouldn't I be more like that?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and I think there's two things there. It's it's whether you answer the questions right, Mm -hmm. and then there's also your thoughts on your results about how you want to be and how you are and how the world is and how your culture is and how your gender is affecting that. So, yeah, I I mean, there's a chance that maybe you didn't answer as accurately as you could. Mm -hmm. But to know that you got those results and that you don't like them (laughs) is interesting because then you can work with that. You can say, oh, is that something I need to accept a bit more? Mm -hmm. Or is that something that's wrong with society? Or because in Japan, say for example, even in here in Vietnam, you know, being polite is considered a really good thing. So in your mind, you're like, oh, polite. I don't want to be that polite person. But Mm -hmm. if someone in South Korea got that, they'd be like, oh, yes, polite.
0: I'm good. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And something else I found interesting too. I got average on conscientious, which. I also read, was reading this as very negative because it was kind of saying, I was reading it almost as like, okay, you're you're lazy. <laughs> and it just really pissed me off again because <laughs> I think one of the questions, there were some questions like, do you like to follow a schedule? Do you like routine and things like that? And I felt like this test was more skewed towards talking about people who are in that typical nine-to-five type of role, so if you respond, no, I'm not into, like, super tight schedules and and order and things like that, for a person who's working as an employee in a company, yeah, that's not great for that type of role, but if you are an entrepreneur and your role is to, like, design your own life and work at the times that are best for you and yeah like doing things kind of in your own way then it could be a positive so i also feel like the test it's like yeah it's statistically accurate but then who is the person writing the results like the little paragraph that it gives you of like okay this means you're this way and that's what this means in your society But even that can be biased because that person is writing it from their perspective of this is what's good and bad, considered good and bad in this culture.
1: Sure. Yeah. I often find that the descriptions of the results aren't as good as actually just knowing the percentage, Mm -hmm. what percentile you are in. Mm -hmm. Because then if you learn more about it, you can look at the different positives and negatives. But also even within different types of uh, work environments you know some people at a corporate job they they have that strict schedule and they hate it mm-hmm. and then some people like it some people as an entrepreneur where they can make their own schedule they prefer to be just free and doing whatever they want when they want and then some people make their own schedule <laughs> Right. You know, I, I think that I'm a little bit more you know I've tried so many different productivity things and, and different types of scheduling to be more effective and productive and Everything and and I've tried to be very organized about it, and that actually backfires for me a lot because I'm not that kind of person. I mm. prefer to have a little bit more freedom. So I will, you know, like plan some stuff, but I like to have some opportunity to kind of just do whatever comes up. But I know some entrepreneurs who have their day scheduled down to the 15 minutes. Mm. You know, so uh, this you can still see that in different types of uh, schedules that you have with work.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I just saw that word lazy and I was like, excuse (laughs) me? (laughs) What did you just call me? (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: interesting with that one too because I think it's broken down into industriousness. So conscientiousness is industriousness and...
0: Okay, conscientiousness, measure of obligation, attention to detail, hard work, persistence. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Following rules and standards. Oh, yeah. Because I had answered like, it was like, do you respect authority? And it's like, well, yeah, I respect authority. (laughs) But I I don't necessarily, I don't like to feel like controlled by other people. So, yeah, like just so often I found like, I, I can't answer yes or no
1: yeah <laughs> and that's uh, sometimes i mean if you put it in the middle that's fine right yeah so i'm i'm actually not super high on conscientiousness because i also don't really like rules and i'm uh, have a huge thing against authority like mm-hmm. I, I hate it mm-hmm. so uh yeah i'm not super high on it because i'm in some aspects i am high but in others not so much
2: mm-hmm. yeah Really I think I'm really low on that too. Mm-hmm. Low like, on conscientiousness, extremely low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really high on openness. Yeah. Really low on conscientiousness. Mm-hmm. Really high on uh, neuroticism. Oh,
1: really? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Like I tend to get anxious and worry like about everything, about the world, about the animals, about the trees, about my health, about my beloved ones, and just so many things to worry about. And, and then
1: super high on agreeableness, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I know because you're talking about being an empath and stuff like that. And yeah. that's related, being an empath and high on an agreeableness.
2: Yes. Which you just mentioned earlier that uh, it's, it's really like helpful to know that we have that trait so we can learn to work on setting up boundaries, which I've been working on. And I found it like tremendously helpful. And my life just just shifts like amazingly. And the people that I attracted to to my life and just I just attain more peace of mind and I have more headspace and I have I can like really um say no without feeling, you know, guilty. I still do feel it, you know, from time to time. You know it's still like eek. It's still there. But I just know that, oh, it's just like a remnant of the the old conditioning. It's not really me, and mm-hmm. just talking about the personality test that I actually retaking it like from time to time, and it's really fascinating to see that it's changed. But the thing is now I realized that so in the past, when I first took it at Maya bricks, it's um I got e n f j
1: mm,
2: not I. Mm -hmm. ENFJ and then I took it again I got INTP okay and now I got INFJ but this time it feels more like me and then I realized that in the past when I was taking the test it's simply because I got conditioned so deeply that I thought that was my identity Mm -hmm. I was being honest really but it's not really like my truth is someone else's truth that I adopted it into my system and it just like s- felt so real as if it's mine mm. so I which I did and that's the, the result that I got and I believed it for so long that I was born and you know as an extrovert and tried to be out there and you know be social and and then after like six years I just got completely drained yeah, yeah completely drained and now i just realized oh, oh my god i'm not an extrovert mm. i'm an introvert i really like spending time alone to reflect you know just to be by myself and to feel my feelings and to contemplate on things like what this mean you know what's the real meaning of life you know stuff like that yeah. It it's just like it fascinates me and it, it just feels so great you know to find who you really are again and knowing that also like those personality tests it's it doesn't really convey entire truth about who you really are but it kind of like gives you kind of like guidelines Mm -hmm. you know like so you can get more grounded because people like me like an empath we tend to get ungrounded we're so like more like out there, you know, in the space and feelings way too much. Mm-hmm. And so, these kind of like tests uh, and coming back to them like, from time to time is really helpful. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's so interesting. And I think that's one of the most liberating things that I've heard people realize about themselves is that they're more of an introvert than an extrovert because there's so much pressure, at least in Western society, to mm-hmm. be extroverted. Right and that's you know you're cool if you're outgoing and always yeah.
0: go get know, her yeah, yeah
1: exactly and
0: <laughs> life constant, of the party
1: exactly mm-hmm. yeah and uh, again that's people should not get too caught up in the conception that you can't be the life of the party because you can but maybe you go out for a few hours and then the rest of the night you go home and like read a book or something mm-hmm. you yeah. know? and but during those three hours you can be like really fun and cool and exciting but yeah. You just aren't the person that wants to be doing that all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And that's nice to know. And a lot of people I know that shifted from work that was very extroverted in, you know, maybe sales or, you know, if you're constantly dealing with people every day to something where you can have a bit more time on your own to work alone and then work with people a little bit then that's like a really nice shift if they realize that and then they're able to do that
2: oh yeah totally because back when i was you know believed that i am an extrovert i really just focused on finding jobs that's you know meant to be for extroverts and it just like felt so wrong mm-hmm. like i try many things I, I told dana sometimes i used to be like a, a teacher a zumba instructor tv host it's like, out there all the time every day and then I just felt something completely not right It just like something so wrong but I didn't know what it really was and now like slowly knowing myself I just realized that okay like I really don't like people (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
2: This word can be scary. <laughs> yeah, I like people, but I don't like people. Yeah. How, okay. I let's say let's put it this way; it's more accurate. I love people, but I don't always like people. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I can love you from afar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't really like you know hanging out with you like all day long. Right. Yeah, and so knowing that helps me tremendously mm-hmm. yeah, in doing what I do.
1: I think the INFJ is a personality type that I have had lots of good friends who are in INFJs and also worked with people who are INFJs. It's such a cool personality type. And just for, I should I just break down quickly the, sure, uh, the yeah. Myers-Briggs? Yeah. I'll do it more quickly okay. this time. So <laughs> I or E, introversion or extroversion, we've talked about that. So you, you have four letters, right? So you're one of 16 types in total. So I or E, introversion extroversion then there's n or s which is intuitive or sensory i would say maybe that relates a little bit to openness to experience but it's like the the big picture um head in the clouds type likes ideas and concepts and mm-hmm. yeah and versus the sensory type who is more grounded in reality likes things and uh, I don't really know what, what century is because I'm not one. Uh, but they're, I, think <laughs> I <they're>, like
0: that. <laughs> they like more
1: um, more like, I guess, detail and life. Something, they're a bit more grounded to reality. Mm. I, I don't know, I need a better way of explaining that one. <laughs> but the opposite of intuitive. Uh, and then there's thinking or feeling. And that's not necessarily whether you're someone that's, you know, emotionless or someone that's dumb because you can't think or you can't feel it just (laughs) means that how do you make your decisions more with feeling intuition uh, which is not an inaccurate way of making a decision or with you know more logical thinking but uh, making feeling decisions is actually people might think that's not accurate but actually making those intuitive feeling decisions is uh, very important to have people who do that. So that's where I differentiate with, uh, cause I'm an INTJ. So I like INFJs because they're very similar to me, but they're a little bit more of the empath, the the people person, the agreeable person, uh, who who is caring and compassionate and kind. This is someone who's a little bit more like me, analytical and thinking based. And you know, that doesn't mean that I, I don't have I want the best for people and care about people and, but sometimes it's in more of a objective way, you know, I'd rather think about, oh, how can I help a hundred people start teaching English in Vietnam per year versus, oh, there's this kid in front of me who's crying, like, how can I care for them? You know, I might be, I am better suited at one rather than the other. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, P or J, Perceiving or judging. Uh, perceiving is more someone who prefers to have less of a plan, goes more with the flow, and judging someone who likes a bit more of a plan and follow through, that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so you are INFJ. Right? TJ. 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 Okay, yeah. Got it.
2: Which I like to be around INTJ because uh-huh. they, they help me to be more uh, logical. Like, I also want, like... Okay, I want to help like 500 people in the next year, but I don't know how. It's like what I lack is like the structure or the system.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's just I have like so much emotions and so much love and compassion, exactly. but I lack structure. Mm-hmm. And INTJs, they have that.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why INTJs, and at least me, I've got along with INFJs really well. Yeah. complements each other in a lot yes. of ways. But also... I think that people who are intuitive often connect very well uh, and people who are perceiving uh, connect very well because that's about how you are looking at the world and how the world is uh, perceived but th- that's separate to the yeah. the term perceiving. Uh, it's how you take in the world. So mm-hmm. is it you look at it as this big hodgepodge of ideas and concepts and Uh, feelings and yeah just like this crazy idea in your head of what reality is versus you just take it in and take it in as it is which is more perceiving and those people are very good at um, often practical things I think or can be very uh, talented artists if they are very specific in, in what they do some artists can be intuitive which is will be more conceptual versus someone maybe who is a graphic designer might be a, a perceiving type because they like things, they like to just see, they appreciate the, the actual world as it is.
2: Mm. Mm, what yeah, about you Dana, what is your results?
0: So again, very confused, but I, <laughs> I got ENFJ, oh. which is just weird because I know myself to be an introvert or at least that's like what I've always assumed about myself but what I'm sitting here thinking now, is about how these these things are all a scale. So, you know, nothing is black and white. It's not like introvert or extrovert. So, it might be that maybe I was like just over the line, you know, from i to e and then that put me in e and then when you read the results it's like this is an extrovert and I'm like, "Whoa, like I don't agree with any of this," you right. know. Right.
1: That's why I like the big 5, but the Myers-Briggs is, is a very old test, actually, and and a lot of psychologists nowadays don't actually recommend it at all. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting how many companies still use it in testing and stuff, but mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. I like the scale more because then you can see where you fall on the scale, mm-hmm. and it could be the case that you're maybe were just over a little bit or just... When you answered the questions, you were feeling yeah. a bit more feeling a more Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's so interesting because the way I've always heard introversion and extroversion explained is about energy. Like, where do you do you feel more energized when mm-hmm. you are out and talking with people, um, or when you are home alone, like kind of just thinking and I don't know, I feel energized by both, so that's probably why I ended up more in the middle. Yeah, I think you're, you're more like an ambivert, not really extrovert or introvert.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the term, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah, and I think too even just the, the type of words, the labels that they put in these tests like for example, I'm looking at the um, the Big Five again now. My results. I hadn't scrolled all the way through all of them, and I just went to the bottom, and, and I saw intellect very low. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like okay, I'm about to chuck this laptop out the window. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> 5th percentile. You are lower in intellect than 94 out of 100 people. Like, Okay, so I'm just a big dumbass. Like, what are you saying? And I just, yeah, but then, it, yeah, it's like, you know, you you have to get, get past that label of like, okay, what actually do they mean by intellect? And it's like, can't we pick better words? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just looking at like the... Um, all the other kind of tests, because, you know, there's these traits tests, personality tests, but then there's also, now that we've talked, been talking a little bit about spiritual side of things, there's tests that are not even tests, it's just based on your birthday. So, yeah, I, I went ahead and took, like, all these traits tests, but then also, like, the human design one, which is literally just about the the place and the time that you were born, right, Mom? Yeah, and your full name. Oh, really? Oh. I did it a while ago, so I don't mm. really remember. It's I think it I did it I last was, night. Oh, what are you? Yeah.
1: Uh, I forgot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually did it twice because... Just because I had to log in again. And then I didn't remember my exact birthday time. Okay. So I put 10 p.m. because I knew it was 10 p.m. But mm-hmm. I think it might have been... Ten minutes past ten. So I did both, and then I got different results. Yes.
2: Yeah. So uh, so the the time of your birth is really important. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But probably you're a projector. That's how I feel. As a projector, like they have that uh, abilities to see which position suits that person the best. And you kind of like play around with that, and like, oh, you're good with this do this you go with that that and then yeah like that and they they see the big picture visionary that's what you said Mm -hmm. and you are manifestor right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. because i remember i was really like impressed with that because manifestor they only like there's only eight percent of
0: the population on this earth is Mm manifestor they are the Mm go-getters Mm. Yeah, and I did it twice and got the same thing. So this yeah. is one of the ones that you can take more than once. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I got manifestor more than once. Yep. Um, yeah, Which I think it's really accurate. Yeah. So there's that one. There's, you know, of course, looking at like your sun and moon sign. Like I'm Aquarius. Horoscopes? and Yeah, okay. horoscopes.
1: I'm Aries. Yeah. Ah. I mean, I don't know that much about zodiac, but uh, it's a fire sign, right? And I think that's okay. Yeah, feels about right.
2: (laughs) Fire sign, air sign, air sign. Ah. I'm a Libra.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, do you know with your Libra? Like, have you found kind of any consistencies, any common threads among when you see like what is a Libra and what is whatever your your human design is and your Myers Briggs and like all of them together. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, there is like definitely there's some consistency mm-hmm. and it's, it's all about human. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what I, I it's like what I'm here for. This is what interests me the most is about human and kind of like getting to know how human mind works and how to help them from there. And uh, Libra is really about. Uh, making peace and love and beauty
0: Mm.
2: and this is really accurate Mm -hmm. yeah like I was born with this kind of like glass over the world that this is like how the world should be and as an empath I have the same belief like oh you know like everybody like probably just like me like really empathic and why do we have to like Yell at each other I don't understand that I I still don't understand that Why can't we just sit down And talk through it Why we have to like Raise our voice It's, It's just not efficient for me Like you have to Consume more energy It damages your health Damages your throat (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't look nice when you yell. <laughs> you don't look pretty. Like, why do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it brings you no good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, definitely that that's the consistency that I see and uh human design uh, I'm a generator which is 70% of the population of the earth. And my cross so this is more like so the generators Meaning that it's just like a, a machine generator. We have a lot of energy, and we're the ones that make it happen. Like, manifestor, you have ideas, but you cannot make it happen without generators mm-hmm. and projectors, like HR. <laughs> you know, and and so we we all have like our uh, roles mm-hmm. to make this like whole picture come true, and. In generators, you also need to check your cross. Like, what is your cross? My cross is a uh, left angle cross of healing, which like so. S- well, when I first like found out about it, I'm just like, oh my god! Like healing again. That mm-hmm. sounds
1: right for you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, everything is about healing and 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 more healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, healing is like um, the combination of the cross. Uh, cross of
0: service and cross of love. Mm-hmm. They also have different crosses and so when you t- when you I'm in the middle. take the test or whatever it's not a test but like for lack of a better word does yeah. that automatically give you that information too? Um, about the cross stuff?
2: Oh well they just gave you the chart but mm. you need to kind of like get a whole report about mm. it and it actually takes a lot of work at that time I was lucky to to have that friend that he studies about human design, that he could explain it to me. Mm. It's like he kind of like gave me like a full report,
0: mm-hmm. which
2: you can actually pay for it on the website that you sent me. Oh, okay. uh, $55 for a full report, mm. uh, which I think is actually worth paying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what, what they have in there, mm-hmm. but if you really, really... Uh, study human design it can help you like a lot because it's not just about talking about who you are it actually analyzes also about your parents like personalities and on the chart there's like two uh, parts like right here i don't know if you noticed it like this part is red and the other part is Black. Mm-hmm. So the red one stands for um, conscious traits. And the black one stands for unconscious traits, which you got from your parents. Mm. So you can see also, like, w- which actually are yours and which are not. And if you spend enough time with your parents, then those, like, traits will be more, like, activated. Mm-hmm. Rather, like, compared to if you don't really live near them, then you tend to have the space and see which is yours, which is not. Mm. And it also, like, for me, it helps so much to explain why I'm so anxious all the time. Because, okay, now we're talking deeper into human design. I don't know how many of you are really familiar with that. But there's some part of it that explains, like... So for my design, because my spleen, this part, is undefined, which means like compared to someone that's born with like a defined spleen, mm-hmm. they tend to feel more grounded, because spleen also in Chinese medicine, this is where like uh, the primal seven fears reside: fear of death, fear of like lacking of food, shelter. Uh, you know, like or fear of like abandonment, isolation, uh, like that. Mm-hmm. And for me, because it's like my my spleen is empty. So whenever I'm around people, I can absorb their energy because mine is empty. Mm. So I actually take in people's pain and fears. Like my dad, if he has a toothache, I have toothache. <laughs> mm. And when I was still working like, in a corporate, like someone ha- was having like stomach ache. And I just out of nowhere, I had that too. And I'm just like, why am I having this? Like, and then she's she just like, oh, I'm having that. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. <laughs> and that uh, comes back to this like really quite problematic belief as an empath is that we believe that if we can. Uh, share the pain with others; it can help alleviate the pain of the world, which is not accurate. Mm. Like it's like um, the the vibration. It's like um, so the the low vibration is down here, pain and fears and stuff, and we are up here as an empath. And when we see someone down here, we want to go down with them. Mm. Like, oh, I feel you, but. It's wrong like you shouldn't do that <laughs> because if you go down you'll be stuck down here with them too and now instead of one miserable person we have two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I keep re- I have to keep reminding myself every day actually every second that I have to stay up here I have to take care of myself first I have to k- remind myself like what my boundaries are and what makes me feel good and keep doing that and stop Caring too much about what others think and feel, like I can see them in pain, but I don't have to be feel the pain with them. Mm-hmm. Rather, like I can just like see the situation as they are and then figure out how to help them. Which I think, like as I am DJs like Alex, is much better in that. Because
1: mm. so, is there not a way that you can feel what they're feeling? To a certain degree, but not as much. So just feel it like a little bit, and then you can understand better. Yep.
2: That takes practice. Right. It takes a lot of conscious practice. Yeah. Yep. Mm. But it's definitely possible.
1: Because there's definitely people in the world that are are like you, and whatever you believe, there's people who feel things more than other people, especially on a human to human level. Yeah. And I think that would be important uh, for someone that, that feels what other people feel very strongly to be able to regulate that so that you're not just feeling what other people are feeling all the time and then you don't have any control you're just up and down based on the people around you right?
2: exactly yeah that's the state where we call it a surviving empath versus thriving empath like, as a thriving empath, like, we know how to regulate those things and emotions and not taking in and carrying them back home with us.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, like, just feel it enough to understand and and then not take them back home with us, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, boundaries, again, mm-hmm. like, good yeah. boundaries are really important. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah it's interesting because you're saying the themes across everything and and i'm seeing them just discussing this you know across all the different tests and all the different things we've learned about ourselves you know you can really see those themes and that's Mm -hmm. that's why it's so helpful to even if you don't agree with everything and you don't uh, necessarily believe in everything and you you just feel what works for you and sometimes just knowing that there's a spectrum of something you don't even have to know exactly where you are on it maybe you'll learn that over time and and get a better sense of where you are on that but just knowing that people vary in introversion and extroversion or agreeableness and disagreeableness just knowing that helps you to realize that people are different and Mm -hmm. you can support each other if you are different and you can also be around people that are more similar to you if that works better for you uh, you can design your life and your work life based on knowing this about other people and about yourself
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and knowing too that different isn't necessarily bad it sounds like we're saying that like there's this scale and it's not like positive negative or good or bad it's just two different things
1: exactly interesting
0: have either of you done the I might say this wrong. Enneagram, enneagram. I yeah. did that last night too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What would you What do you find? What would
2: you think about it? Four, two, and eight. Mm. And I think it's it's also about helping people. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Again, helping people, problem solving. I tend to help people, like I come in in the time of their crisis, and kind of like help them get through it. Mm. Yeah, and I like to help people get to the heart of the problems and just, like, just go through it, you know? Like, don't procrastinate, don't go under around it, but just go through it, and mostly about emotions. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, isn't number two the caregiver? Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And have either of you done the life life path path numbers? Yes. I got number nine. Oh, what did I get? I don't remember. Which, like,
2: again, I just like, I don't think it's like, co- like coincidence. It's like, it, on my birth, birth date numbers, I have a lot of number nines as well. Mm. So mine is 26, September, which is nine, and then 1990, 1990, mm. like nine, 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 nine. Mm. And if you flip number six, it's also nine. <laughs> mm. <laughs> And in that life path, the way that they explain number 9 is so fascinating. They said, like, number 9 is, like, a consistence of all the numbers before it. So if you, like, make, like, um, I don't don't know what's the term. But if, like, you make, what's the word? Average? Not average, Mm -hmm. but, like, 1 plus 2 plus... Three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, and then it will be nine. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then like if you go backward, and it always ends up with nine, mm-hmm. which is really, really interesting, and mm-hmm. it's a number of uh mystery. Like it keeps evolving, never has like a, a stop sign. Mm-hmm. So people with number nine is really uh, emotional and really intuitive and also really sensitive and oh it's also like a number of letting go letting go as in like i have to let go so i can like um transform Mm -hmm. to the next level like have to keep letting go letting go that is like the the life challenge for number nine Mm -hmm. So what
1: is it based on? Like the the numbers and patterns and numbers, something like that.
0: Yeah. So this one is also based on your birthday, I believe. And then you just break down your birthday into like the individual numbers and add them all up. Yep. And then, is that it? And then divide by
2: something? No, you don't divide it. Yeah. This is like, for instance, my birthday. It's 26th September 1990. So that will be 2 plus 6 plus 9 plus 1 plus 9 plus 9. Mm-hmm. And then it will be uh, 36. So, and then we break it down. And then 3 oh, right, plus right, right. 6 is 9. Uh, right, but yeah. for uh, certain numbers like 11, 22, 33... You just keep them right there. They call it master numbers. Mm. So those people, they have kind of like uh, more unique personalities. And they tend to be like um, leaders, you know, in certain fields mm-hmm. in life.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so for those listening, I'll provide links to all these different tests in the show <laughs> notes too. Um, so you can do it yourself. And my life path number was... Six, which was the nurturer.
2: Ooh. Yay, sixty-nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, yeah, saying yeah, like so. I took all of these. Like I keep saying, and the the common thing that just kept coming up pretty much was like the ability to see the potential in others and wanting to like encourage people or motivate others to achieve their their potential and their greatness and things like that yeah purpose is about leading change pushing people beyond their comfort zone empowering them to do things in new ways so I just thought it was really interesting seeing all these common threads that were that and then thinking about what was the purpose behind this podcast in like encouraging people to Get out there and try new things and be creative. And when I'm most happiest is hearing when people do go out there and try something new. So it was like, ah, that's so validating.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Okay, well, we are kind of running short on time now. So I think we had a really good conversation. It kind of kind of boils down to I think when you take these tests, just knowing that. There are so many factors that can influence the results, and that, you know, take it with a grain of salt. The results, it's a scale, and it's helpful to know the scale, but don't, you know, stake your whole life on this thing.
1: It shouldn't box you into being something Mm -hmm. but it can help you to understand yourself better i think
0: right exactly so kind of to wrap up what is kind of on the horizon for ninja teachers is there anything maybe new and exciting happening
1: yeah so we're just really focusing in on running our program as well as we can for the time being um we're still a relatively small company in the sense that we run one class a month of up to 15 english teacher trainees and it's going well so so we're enjoying that but we're not really looking to kind of scale up and run five classes at a time yeah at the moment uh, so we're going to stick with what we're doing at the moment We are thinking maybe down the line, not too in the too distant future, opening up an English school because uh, that complements what we do nicely. Mm. We train the English teachers, but seeing as we have a lot of English teachers, uh, we could actually open up an English center and uh, provide our center with teachers and Mm. teach Vietnamese students. And that will also give our trainees more of an opportunity to practice with the teachers without having to travel to our partner schools mm. um, but yeah I'm, I'm just looking forward to um, being kind of at the forefront of what's going on in education in, in Vietnam and you know me personally doing more stuff like this mm. um, creating more content and kind of putting the message out there about teaching English abroad and I, I think that's what I'm going to be yeah, focusing on for the time being
0: Awesome. Sounds amazing. Well, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge about personality tests and giving some more background into your business and helping us understand how person how you've like pulled personality into building your team. Um, it's been really interesting and I will definitely provide all of your links, YouTube, you know, websites and everything like that for anyone who's interested in content about living in vietnam teaching in vietnam so yeah thank you so much
1: awesome it was nice to be here with you guys and really interesting to find out a bit about you with your your personality types and just chat about all that so it's been fun
2: right. definitely yeah it's very educational and fun
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: all right thank you
0: goodbye
1: bye <laughs>